Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Time now for Market View. And for sure, we'll discuss that juicy TikTok CEO testimony in Congress. But first, let's take a look at uh, how we started the day. Right, so Singapore stocks opened lower today. Banks opening the red as well following the US Fed's decision to hike interest rates by 25 basis points. So if you look at the Straits Times Index, it was down 0.5% in early trade at 3,204 points after some 73 million securities changed hands. Now, off to the closing numbers, the benchmark SDI closed down 0.2% at 3,212 points. In terms of value turnover, that's some 990 Three million sing dollars. The gainers outnumbered losers though, 293 versus 258. Top advances for today SGX, Venture Corp, and Jenin Jinjiang, and top decliners Jardin Cycle and Carriage, New Incorporation USD, and UOB. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we have in flight caterer and ground handler sets because it announced that shareholders making up some 90% of the group's shares have made valid applications for new shares it will be issuing. In the meantime, TikTok CEO's testimony in front of the U.S. Congress uh, to news of J.P. Morgan City and the Bank of America telling staff not to poach clients from stress banks. International news continue to dominate the headlines today. And joining us on a Friday as we break down all that market movements, uh, key developments, we have Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at CIA as well. Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Great. And then let's take a look at the SDI. How has the SDI closed for the week? Well, the SDI is up about 0.92% for the week, uh, largely in line with the other major Asian and European markets. Uh, interestingly, the U.S. is down slightly for the week, uh, but they've got their own problems. Um, so I think there is a collective sense of relief that the world did not end because of the inclusion of uh, Credit Suisse. Um, so equity markets tend, uh, you know, looks as though it's fine for the week. Uh, that said, you have got the debt markets, especially the additional tier one market, AT1 market, uh, which largely trades bonds of banks. Uh, now, that market is still adjusting to the elevated risk levels of the banking sector. Um, what is not helpful is that this week we had a, a five basis point interest rate hike from our good friend, Fed Chair Jerome Powell. Uh, at, a, at, a, at almost the same time, um, his predecessor, Janet Yen, which is currently the U.S. Treasury Secretary, uh, had uh, a Senate hearing, and her remarks uh, alongside Jerome Powell's 25 basis point interest rate hike hmm. really, you know, makes it really hard to read the TV, so this week. Uh, but for now, it looks as though equity markets are enjoying a little bit of respite uh, from the turmoil in the banking sector. Hey, Benjamin, I uh, want to talk about Submarine subsidiary being investigated for mm. alleged irregularities in its practices. Could you tell us a bit more about that and, and what's your view on this situation? Well, it's probably a little bit too early to say anything because the authorities themselves have not provided much information or any details. So really what we need to do is to wait for more information to come out first uh, before um, commenting on that. Uh, but we also note that a couple of years ago, something similar alleged irregularities concerning capital offshore marine uh, that also happened as well. I mean, in the very end, I think capital offshore marine had a penalty, some kind of fee they had to pay. I'm not sure whether it's related or even similar, but uh, 
but we have to wait and see. So mm. as they say in French, uh, and attend that time. <laughs> well, that's not really French, but close yeah. enough, my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, zooming in on some of the other companies to watch, Ben, we have Setsense. Sets announced that shareholders making up some ninety percent of the group's shares, ninety point four percent to be exact, uh, have made valid applications for the new shares it'll be issuing. So, what does it mean for Sets? Sure. So as you already know, Sets announced a rights issue to raise close to $800 million to fund its acquisition of uh, WFS, that's Worldwide Flight Services, yeah. based out of uh, the UK. Um, so this 94, or rather 90.4%, uh, what it means is that uh, you have got the existing set shareholders, 90.4% uh, of them actually applied for the rights issue uh, and a total of 363.1 million new shares are uh, going to be allocated and issued around the end of uh, end of this month, actually, maybe in about a week. Um, so the interesting thing for me is that the applications for excess rights issues almost top $300 million. Now, if you recall, when Sets first announced the uh, acquisition plan, mm. you know, the sentiment on the street was largely negative, if not indifferent. Right. So, but clearly, over the last few months, has done a really good job in articulating the merits of the acquisition as well as the value of the uh, new business plan. Uh, now, that's it um, for investors who have subscribed to the rights issue or investors who are thinking of investing in sets. Uh, you probably have to be patient to see any kind of uh, additional or rather investment returns from the acquisition. Uh, ben, there's quite a lot of uh, news around the world as well to digest, uh, and Tintin will get to the most colourful one in just a bit. So let's get this one out of the way, okay? JP Morgan, City, as well as Bank of America, reportedly telling staff not to poach clients from stress banks. Uh, what are, are we looking at, like some kind of a reshuffle within the sector, something of an inevitability here? Mm, okay, so I think JP Morgan, City, Bank of America, and the like. Um, they are doing this for two reasons. Mm. So, one, they don't want to inadvertently put even more pressure on the balance sheets of the stress banks. Uh, mm. So, if news reports are true, bankers from Credit Suisse are frantically trying to get headhunters to find them new spots or new jobs in other banks. Okay. Uh, and if you think about private bankers, the only reason why you will poach or hire a private banker is because they are expected to bring their clients across. Now, if Many of the private bankers from Credit Suisse jump ship and they bring their clients across. And then you can imagine, you know, it's going to be even harder for UBS to stabilize the balance sheet of Credit Suisse, right? So that's, you know, that that's one thing. Okay. And number two is that it's just bad optics if JPM and the like start hitting a competitor when it's down, right? Mm -hmm. Worse if this causes further upheaval in the global financial system. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, certainly a new world order is in the making. So if you were UBS is successful in integrating Credit Suisse, uh, globally speaking, there'll be a much stronger competitor in the global wealth management business. Um, but again, from newspaper reports, uh, news media reports, about it, it looks like investment banking out of Credit Suisse is going to be shrunk down, sold, or perhaps even liquidated at some point. So they only want the wealth management part, but not the IP part of things. 
Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Benjamin Go, Head of Research and Investor Education at CIA's Well, Ben, in focus last night was TikTok CEO uh, shows the mm. choose testimony before the U.S. Congress uh, addressing some of the security concerns surrounding uh, the Chinese app, which is TikTok. And the hearing lasted four and a half hours, Chew walking that tightrope without offending either the U.S. and China. But seems like there isn't any resolution so far, isn't it? What stood up for you? Well, four and a half hours is a really long time. I mean, yeah. I can watch Lord of the Rings extended version. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, that thing, uh, to be quite honest, is always going to be an uphill task for Chu to placate the U.S. Congress. So the crux of the matter is that the American government has basically lost faith in TikTok. So very specifically, this is about a question of trust. Now, if you remember four years ago, uh, it was President Trump that first mooted the idea of banning TikTok and he even tried to get uh, or rather to force a sale to Microsoft and Oracle. So that mm. fell true. But that was that was a long time ago, four years. And, you know, within the time, TikTok hasn't really moved the needle on public opinion in that time. I mean, if you think about it, they had a couple of scandals which they could have managed better. So, so for example, TikTok says it no longer shares U.S user information with its China office. Mm. But you have BuzzFeed News, which actually obtained leaked audio and notes from more than 80 internal TikTok meetings that clearly showed engineers in China had access to US, US user data right up to January 2022. Wow. And yeah, and ByteDance had to, you know, admit that after it was caught, uh, and the reason was that uh, employees in China as well as US had obtained user data for the express purpose of surveilling the accounts of journalists, people like you. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's one. And yeah. two is also the question of censorship. So another touchy you know, subject with Americans, right? So TikTok says it does not remove content based on sensitivities related to China. Yeah. Scarcely a month later, TikTok suspends the American, uh, the account of American teenager after she posts videos rebuking China's treatment of the Uyghur Muslims. Mm. So again, very touchy subject for Americans. So therefore, you see the hearing itself was super adversarial. Uh, poor Chu was frequently interrupted. Mm. He, you know, they didn't really give him a chance to answer. Yeah. So at the end of it, uh, it would seem that TikTok is probably going to be severely curtailed in the US and an outright ban cannot be ruled out. Yeah. And uh, well, from TikTok, let's talk about Twitter. Well, Twitter will start uh, removing the so-called legacy verified marks, the blue ticks from uh, user accounts next week. Only paid subscribers mm. and members of approved organizations can have that status. Do you think Elon Musk's grand plan can take off? It doesn't look good. Mm. So the new program is called Twitter Blue, right? So yeah. it was announced in November last year, monthly fee of US dollar $8 per month. Uh, that was in November. In yeah. December last year, after a month, they had to pause the service. Why? Uh, because Twitter Blue was flooded with verified trolls. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so the whole idea was to kind of get rid of these people. And then the first people that sign up are the trolls. Right? So imagine a world where a, you know, like a world-class soccer player scores an own, and, and, and own, own goal. Yeah, this is essentially what happened. So the launch was hilarious, right? But hmm. they've had a couple of months to work it out. So, but that said, from a business angle, I don't think Twitter Blue is going to move the needle. So even Elon Musk admitted that he may not be attracting many users. Now, from a business model perspective, 
the idea here is that Twitter is going to be something or wants to be something like Google or Facebook or Meta. So it's mm. not really about charging people for, for subscriptions. It's about having a fast-growing user base. That's how you can attract advertising dollars. Yeah. So it's kind of con- counterproductive if they, if they actually want to charge people to use a service. They should just actually, you know, give it for free or even pay people to use a service, right? Yeah. So from an investment opportunity, if you're looking at Twitter as an investment opportunity, you know, what you really want to do is look at the growth rates uh, of its general user base rather than the growth rate of Twitter Blue subscriber base. Hmm. And that's a little bit making Twitter like kind of like a paid country club membership, right? If you want to be recognized and verified by them. I mean, just the top of my head. Uh, but finally, before yeah. we let you go, Ben, uh, New York holds the top spot in the latest ranking of global financial centres in a survey out yesterday. London in second place and Singapore is third. Any surprises there? And to what extent do you think Hong Kong will catch up in the near term, given how it is actively attracting family officers to the city right now? Well, I think it's uh, very hard to overtake New York and London you know, because of historical reasons and the fact yeah. that the vast majority of trading in particular financial products are all conducted in those uh, in those two cities. Hmm. Now, Singapore and Hong Kong are super competitive uh, on par of most things. So, you know, on a year-to-year basis, basis it's mostly a coin toss. So the survey they are talking about is the Global Financial Centers Index, 33, I believe, published yesterday. Um, and in that survey, it was actually quite interesting because Singapore only had one rating point ahead of Hong Kong. So mm. if you had one less, well, it will be on par. Two less will be below Hong Kong. Um, now that said, um, family officers, yes, they are attracted to Singapore for a whole bunch of reasons. English is obviously a first language. There, are no, there is no capital gains tax in Singapore. The business environment is very stable. There's a very well-established uh, regulatory framework. Um, the counterpoint, obviously, is that Singapore is very small in terms of the local and equity markets, but that's really not a factor for family offices. So they just simply use a Singapore base as a booking center. So they can trade almost anywhere in the world, any kind of market, any kind of product right here from Singapore. Hmm. So one of the key challenges for Hong Kong is that um, it really has quite a bit of work ahead of it to convince global investors to go back after all the issues they had with the COVID lockdowns. Okay, not to say that we didn't have. Obviously, in the first month, all of us were practically trying to buy toothpaste and pollen rolls and all that. If you yeah. remember those days, yeah. So we've got our own problems, but not to the same extent as, as Hong Kong. So Singapore has a leg up uh, for now. We'll see what happens next year. Okay, we'll see, we'll see. Thanks very much, Benjamin. That was Benjamin Goh, Head of Research and Investor Education at CS Ben. Have a great weekend ahead. You too. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.